الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم قل يا عبادي الذين أصرفوا على أنفسهم لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا إنه هو الغفور الرحيم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم If a person were to look back into their life, they will see that there are very few people that will give them a second chance. If a person were to look back at their life, they'll realize that there are very few people that will give them a second chance. A person, for instance, will desire to get acceptance into graduate school, let's say medical school. So they'll put months and months and years and years and years of effort into preparing for that opportunity. And there'll come a time where they'll have to take an entry-level exam or an entrance exam called the MCAT, and they'll spend weeks and weeks and months and months on end preparing for this exam. And they'll present for that exam on a particular day, and they'll get a particular score, and if they don't do well on that exam, then they've potentially lost their opportunity to get into medical school. It might be that they can take that exam again, but that'll still be on their record. It isn't that someone's going to wipe, wipe that away and say, oh, this never happened, let's try, let's try all over again. A person can present for a job interview. They have one opportunity to impress that potential employer. One opportunity to impress that potential employer. They'll dress a particular way, they'll make sure their, their hair is combed, they'll make sure that they smell good, and they'll present for that opportunity. Knowing that if they don't impress their, that potential employer, that, inter, that interviewer on that day, then the chance that they're going to get that interview is essentially nil. So someone can present for that interview. They can come with their clothes completely disheveled, not ironed, wearing torn jeans. They can come with their hair all over the place. They can come and, and sit down and, and sit in an inappropriate way, make inappropriate or rude remarks to the interviewer, and that person will never give them that job. They can say, give me one more chance. Just give me a second chance. Let me try again. I made a mistake. I didn't mean to do that. I knew I should have presented myself in a different way. Give me one more chance. And they'll say, I'm sorry. That was it. That was it. A person, for instance, gets pulled over for speeding. How many times is it that we can get pulled over for speeding before the warnings end and then we are issued a ticket or a violation and points appear on our record? We might get away once. The cop might pull us over and say, your record is clean. I'll let you go this one time. We might, get pull, we might get pulled over a second time and let go again saying, listen, I'll give you a warning this time, but don't do it again. But which cop will pull you over for the tenth time and says, oh, don't worry, let's pretend this never happened. This isn't the way the world works. This isn't the way people treat each other. An individual gets one chance, maybe two chances, and rarely a third chance in life with, with regards to that particular thing. 
Never beyond that. Never beyond that. The exception to this rule is when a believer deals with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There is no end to the chances that Allah ta'ala is willing to give us. It isn't one or two or three. A believer can mistake and sin a hundred times over. And if that person decides at that moment that they want to turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ready to welcome them back with open arms. It isn't one chance. It isn't two chances. Look back into our lives. How many salahs have we delayed? Or how many salahs have we missed? How many times have we misused our tongue? How many times have we looked at something inappropriately? How many times have we neglected the Qur'an? It should have been that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I gave you one chance, I gave you two chances, I gave you three chances and that's it. You're off the team. No longer a believer. That should have been what we deserve for the amount of times that we transgressed against Allah. But the rule doesn't apply to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala loves the believers so much that He's willing to give opportunity and opportunity and opportunity after opportunity to forgive us and bring us back to Him. This is the way the deen is constructed. Just look at the way the deen is constructed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu says that a person goes from one wudu to the next wudu and the sins are forgiven. So a person makes the mistake. They make wudu and they wash their hands, the sins of the hands are forgiven. They make wudu, they wash their face, the sins of the face are forgiven. They make wudu, they rinse their mouth, the sins of the tongue are forgiven. They make wudu, they wash their feet, the sins of the feet are forgiven. From one wudu to the next wudu, a person's sins are forgiven. From one salah to the next salah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wipes away our sins. It comes in hadith, a man came to the Prophet sallallahu having committed a, uh, a form of zina, or you could say a slight form of zina. And he came to the Prophet sallallahu before salah. And the Prophet he came to the Prophet and he told the Prophet sallallahu Ya Rasulullah, I committed this sin. So the Prophet sallallahu kind of pushing him aside, he said, Ya Rasulullah, I committed this sin, what should I do? So the Prophet sallallahu said, okay, pray your salah and then we'll talk after. So the Prophet ﷺ led the salah, that, that individual, that sahabi performed the salah in congregation and the Prophet ﷺ after salah started walking away, the sahabi came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, where are you going? I told you that I performed this sin, what is it that I need to do now? The Prophet ﷺ said that you performed your salah, the salah expiated that sin that you performed. So from one salah to the next salah, our sins are being wiped away. And then from one Friday prayer, from one salat al-Jum'ah to the next salat al-Jum'ah, a person's sins are wiped away. And then every year, from one Ramadan to the next Ramadan, when a person has spent 11 months transgressing against Allah, transgressing against the instructions of the Prophet ﷺ, Allah Ta'ala then gives the believer another opportunity, saying, don't worry, come back. You're still alive, I've given you one more chance, just come back. Just come back. Now the blessings of Ramadan, the opportunities in Ramadan for a person to be forgiven, Allahu Akbar. We can't even begin to enumerate. The Prophet said in one hadith, مَنْ صَامَ رَمَضَانِ إِيمَانًا وَاحْتِسَابًا The one who fasts in the month of Ramadan with faith and expectation and hope. غُفِرَ لَهُ مَا تَقَدَّمَ مِنْ ذَنْبِهِ That that person's lifetime worth of sin has passed away. Their lifetime worth of sin has passed away. The Prophet said for the fasting person, 
That person is so beloved to Allah and so beloved to all of creation that the fish in the depths of the sea that we have never seen with our eyes that we don't even know existed until till today scientists are beginning to discover those particular fish at the bottom of the sea. The Prophet said the fish at the bottom of the sea make dua for the fasting person. For the fasting person, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has designated a particular gate in Jannah called Babur Rayyan. And on the Day of Judgment, or after the Day of Judgment, that door will open up and it will call, Aina Sa'imun, where are the people that had fasted? Come and enter into this garden. You spent your entire life transgressing against Allah. Allah Ta'ala brought you into Ramadan, allowed your sins to be forgiven, and then He created this beautiful door for you to enter through, through in Jannah. It comes in another hadith, the Prophet said, that every single day Jannah is beautified for the believer. Allah Ta'ala every day is beautifying Jannah for the fasting person. Every single day. And then, when there's no hope, when a person has spent their whole life disobeying Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, and even the first 10 days of Ramadan, they have spent neglecting Allah Ta'ala's commands. And even the middle 10 days of Ramadan, they weren't able to motivate themselves and bring them to that place or that position where they could finally sense the, uh, or, or, or reach the state of taqwa and consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah ta'ala grants the believers with the last 10 days of Ramadan in which from hadith we know that in the last 10 days of Ramadan Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has reserved those days to free loads of people from the fire of hell not people that are destined from Jannah and they're given their ticket to not go to hell these are people like myself who have attached ourselves, who have chained ourselves with, with this ticket that says you're going to the fire of hell written on it. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes away all those people and says you're going to Jannah. You're going to Jannah. You are freed from the fire of hell. You are freed from the fire of hell. And when a person thinks that that's the end of it, that from one wudu to the next wudu, sins are wiped away. From one salah to the next salah, sins are wiped away. From one jumu'ah to the next salah to jumu'ah, sins are wiped away. From one Ramadan to the next Ramadan, sins are wiped away. When a person thinks that they've now totaled their entire life, that there's no possibility that they would be given another chance, Allah Ta'ala gives the opportunity of hajj. Allah Ta'ala gives the opportunity of hajj. The Prophet Wasallam said, about Hajj. Man Hajj Lillahi, Wanam Yarfuth, Wanam Yapsuk, Rajaaka Yawmin, Waladat Ummah. That a person that performs Hajj and he does it so appropriately following the rules of Hajj, he returns back home as if he is a new baby. As if he or she is a new baby. Their lifetime is wiped away. You know, there's very few, you'd see very few things in life that work this way. Very few things in life that will be this way. That an individual can completely be heedless of Allah, be heedless of the instructions of the Prophet be neglectful of all of their duties toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They spent their entire life sinning against Allah ta'ala, and Allah ta'ala gives that person the opportunity of hajj, and they return as if they're a newborn baby, as if they'd never done anything to begin with. This is the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In these last 10 days of Ramadan, Allah Ta'ala has given us two very special opportunities that even highlights Allah Ta'ala's mercy even further. He highlights Allah Ta'ala's mercy even further. The first opportunity that's approaching us, or perhaps it's already gone, but inshallah it's approaching us, is that opportunity of Laylatul Qadr. 
that night of power. Just another excuse Allah Ta'ala, as if wudu wasn't enough of an excuse to forgive us. As if salah wasn't enough of an excuse. As if the Friday prayer wasn't enough of an excuse. As if Ramadan itself wasn't enough of an excuse. Allah Ta'ala on top of all of these things gives us a special night called the night of power, Laylatul Qadr. What Allah Ta'ala says in the Quran with regards to it, Laylatul Qadri Khayrum min al that is better than a thousand months. It's better than a thousand months. And Allah, Prophet said, Man qama al-qadr, iman that one who stands on the night of power, iman in good faith, wahtisaban, and has hope and expectation, all of their sins are wiped away. There's a theme here that Allah Ta'ala loves the believers so much. Allah Ta'ala's desire for the believer is that the believer become purified and never have to see or even smell the hellfire. Opportunity after opportunity, chance after chance after chance, Laylatul Qadr is another chance. You stand for one night in prayer. One night stand in prayer. Pray the Isha prayer. Pray the Taraweeh prayer. Pray a little bit of the Tahajjid prayer. Pray the Fajr prayer in Jama'ah. Pray one night. One night for your Lord with faith and good hope. And your Lord will promise to wipe away your entire lifetime worth of sin. What kind of a deal is that? No one will give you that chance. No one will give you that opportunity. And the benefit will be seen on the Day of Judgment. It might be that we complete Laylatul Qadr, you know, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's tomorrow night, Allah Ta'ala knows best. Maybe we stand in prayer and it's done and we move on and we think that was the end of it. On the Day of Judgment, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala could present us thousands of years of worship and say, Oh my gosh, you, you did all of this? You prayed for this many thousands of years. You fasted for, or for this many thousands of years. You earned the reward of someone that was alive 5,000 years. And you say, Ya Allah, I was only alive for this long. And I certainly didn't perform those deeds. And it'll be told to us that yeah, but you stood on that night of power. And you earned yourself in that one night, 83 years of worship. How merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. How loving Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is to the believers. Not only is that a special night in these last 10 nights, there's also another special night. The Prophet ﷺ, he gathered the Sahaba on one occasion. And he told them that, that the believer is forgiven on the final night. The Prophet ﷺ gathered the Sahaba. So the Sahaba said, on the final night, the believers are forgiven. They asked, Ya Rasulullah, is this Laylatul Qadr? Is this, is this a night of power that you're referring to in which a person is able to be forgiven of all of their mistakes, rectify their souls, and, and then again present themselves as if they're a newborn? Is this Laylatul Qadr? The Prophet ﷺ said no. The Prophet ﷺ said this is not Laylatul Qadr. Then he said the worker gets, the, gets their reward on the day they finish their work. Meaning the last night, right before Eid, that night, Laylatul Ja'idah, is such a special night. That all, in addition to all of the blessings that are descending upon this earth and that are showering upon you and I during this month of Ramadan, and in addition to the night of power, which is worth a thousand years of worship, which is worth a lifetime worth of sin wiped away from our record, deleted, hard drive, completely erased. In addition to that, in addition to that, the Prophet ﷺ says that a worker gets their reward at the end. What's the reward of the fasting person? What's the reward of that person that goes through Ramadan? The Prophet ﷺ said that the angels aren't even able to take account of that reward. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I'm going to give that reward. That reward is for me. 
The angels can compute and calculate the reward for every other deed. <coughs> and think about their, their ability to calculate how, you know, how many moments of, of our lives are there that they're writing down and noting down and multiplying and dividing, multiplying. They're able to do all of this. And they're able to do this for thousands and millions and billions of people across the earth. Yet they aren't able to compute the reward of fasting for one believer. Imagine how immense that reward will be. Imagine how immense that reward will be. And that reward, inshallah, will be given to us on that final day. So we should use these last few nights of Ramadan to reflect upon ourselves. To reflect upon our state. And really decide where are we going with our lives? What are we doing? What are we chasing? What are we interested in? Whose attention are we trying to get? Whose attention are we seeking? Whose appreciation do we desire? And if it is other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then we have to spend more time in reflection. This is the mercy of our Lord. If someone is willing to give us opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to come back to us, a spouse wouldn't give that to their spouse. A child wouldn't give that to their parent. A parent wouldn't give that to their child. A friend wouldn't give that to their best friend that they grew up with. Yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is giving us that opportunity yet again. So we should think, what are we doing with our lives? And we should challenge Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And say that, Ya Allah, we have spent, I have spent the last 11 months. I have spent the last 9 months. I have spent the last 6 months transgressing against you. But Ya Allah, you are so merciful. And you forgive, and not only do you forgive, Ya Allah, you love to forgive. So Ya Allah, on this night, on this special night of Ramadan, Ya Allah, we seek that you forgive us for our mistakes. It is harder for us, it is harder for us to sin than it is for Allah Ta'ala to forgive us. You think it's difficult for Allah to forgive a believer, know that it's harder for us to commit a sin. Because in order for us to commit a sin, a little bit of effort is required. In order for Allah Ta'ala to forgive you and I, no effort is required on the part of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. No effort is required on the part of Allah. But by the time we even think about seeking Allah's forgiveness, Allah Ta'ala has forgiven us. By the time we even think about it, Allah, it comes in a hadith that even a believer who feels bad about a sin they performed, Allah Ta'ala forgives that believer as well. So it only makes sense in the ayah that I recited at the beginning, it only makes sense when Allah Ta'ala addresses the believers so beautifully. And He says, Ya asrafu ala anfusihim. Oh my servant. Oh my servant. Oh my beloved servant. La rahmatillah. He doesn't say, Oh son of Adam. He doesn't say, Oh believer. He addresses us, calling upon us, and says, Oh my servant. That servant that has transgressed against me, that has transgressed against themselves, themselves, have done zulm against themselves. Do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Now this verse begins to make sense. Make sense. We have wudu, we have salah, we have Ramadan, we have Laylat al-Qadr, we have the night of power, we have the final night of Ramadan, we have hajj, we have opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. Allah Ta'ala loves to forgive the believers. It only makes sense when He addresses us in the Qur'an so beautifully and calls upon us. And He says, Oh my believer, la taqnatu bi rahmatillah. Don't even think about despairing in the mercy of Allah. 
What are you thinking? Why would you even think that I wouldn't forgive you? Why would you even think that I wouldn't take you back? Do the rules of the mom apply to me? Does the, the mother apply to me? Does the rule of the husband or the wife apply to me? Does the rule of the cop that pulls you over apply to me? Does the rule of, of the interviewer apply to me? You want your 50th chance, I'll give it to you. You can sin and I'll forgive you. You can sin again and then I'll forgive you. You can sin again and I'll forgive you. You can sin 99 times. And I'll forgive you 99 times. Don't even think about despairing in my mercy. Don't even think about it. If you look at the items of this world, a person can get into a bad car accident, or let's say they get into a minor car accident, or they get into a major car accident. If that car then reaches a point where it's called totaled, we would throw it away, we would just purchase a new vehicle. Your insurance company would never pay for that car, they'll say, uh, we'll never try to fix that car, they'll say, this is damaged beyond repair. This is damaged beyond repair, this one accident destroyed this vehicle, there's no possibility that this can be brought back into function. They'll say, get rid of it, throw it away. If your house catches fire, and it's destroyed and it falls to the ground, there's no possibility for that house to be retrieved. There's no possibility because that house has now been destroyed and damaged beyond repair. The soul doesn't work that way. Allah Ta'ala has created us such that there's no such thing as totaling ourselves. We can damage ourselves. We can get into one accident, two accidents, get into a thousand accidents. But Allah Ta'ala is willing to, willing to take it back. And willing to repair us, willing to give us that opportunity to come back to Him. There's no such thing as being totaled when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala loves us so much that even when a believer decides to turn back to Allah, it should be that we should put in more effort than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Or we should put in more than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would put in. But the Prophet said in hadith that a person that takes one step toward Allah ta'ala, Allah ta'ala takes ten steps toward them. A person that decides that they want to change their life, that they want to become close to Allah, that they want to finally make amends with their Lord. They, if they walk toward their Lord, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala runs toward them. And if they're running toward their Lord, Allah ta'ala flies toward them because this is the mercy of our Lord. There's nothing that compares the rules of, of, of creation don't apply to the Creator. The rules of creation don't apply to the Creator. Now perhaps... Now, with all of that in mind, with all of that in mind, perhaps more important than even seeking these sorts of opportunities is correcting our attitude when it comes to Allah. Recognizing our place before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our attitude before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala should be that we are criminals in the court of Allah. We are criminals when it comes to the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reality is that there's going to be a day where we're going to stand in court. That court will be the day of judgment. And the person that succeeds in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the criminal that succeeds, and we're all criminals, the criminal that succeeds in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, 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 is the person that pleads guilty, not the one that pleads not guilty. When you go to court, you have an option. You can either plead guilty or you could fight the judge and try to defend yourself. And in the courts of this world, perhaps that option is available. Perhaps that option makes sense. But in the court of Allah Ta'ala, when we're standing before Allah Ta'ala, and we're standing before our Creator, every single person should have the attitude that we are criminals, Ya Allah, and we are pleading guilty. 
Because by pleading guilty and recognizing our weakness, recognizing that we have no strength, despite perhaps some acts of worship that we perform, despite perhaps a month of fasting that we did, we are so dependent upon the mercy of Allah Ta'ala to enter into paradise. In the court of Allah, we will not win if our attitude is that we're going to defend ourselves. In the court of Allah Ta'ala, a believer wins by saying, Ya Allah, I plead guilty. Ya Allah, there is no argument, there's no time for excuses. These last 10 nights of Ramadan are a time for us to tell Allah that Ya Allah, we are pleading guilty. We are criminals, we are, we are criminals that have transgressed against you and your messenger. There's nothing that we did. It isn't the society that we lived in. It isn't the circumstances that have held us back. Ya Allah, it's purely the fact that I'm a criminal. That I have made myself a criminal and I have nothing to say before you, Ya Allah. And a person that says this before Allah, Allah Ta'ala loves to see the weakness of the believer that he forgives that believer in an instant. It comes in hadith, or it comes in, uh, in the stories of Bani Israel, that there was an individual by the name of, of Kifl. That this person would transgress against Allah by day and by night, by day and by night, by day and by night. By day he would, want, uh, by, by day he would whine, and by night he would womanize, he would, prostitute, he would bring prostitutes into his home. He would drink all day. Drink all day and have a new woman in his home every single night. Every single night. This is what he would do. Nobody even wanted to look at this person. I believe it. Nobody even wanted to look at this person. This is in the time of Bani Israel. So once a woman he had then entered into his home for that night, she was a chaste woman. She wasn't someone that wanted to participate in this. He gave her, a, he, gave her he offered her money. And then she began to cry. And so Kifil asked this woman, why are you crying? She said, the reality is that I'm not this kind of woman. Poverty has brought me to this. This is the reason that I'm putting myself in this, in this position right now. This isn't who I am. Kifil felt bad. He felt bad for her. And he began to cry. He began to cry. He gave her her money back and said, look, this is a hadiyah. You're free. You can go back. This is a gift for you. You're free to go. But before you leave, please make dua for me. I'm a very bad person. Look at this individual, by day and by night, he's committing sins that majority of us in this room wouldn't even think to ever commit. It so happened that that night, after she had left that night, Kifil had passed away. Kifil had passed away. And no one wanted to perform this individual's janazah because he was considered to be the most despicable person in that community because they knew that this was that person's state. In the morning, the people of the community walked by and they saw written on the door of Kifil, on, uh, on the door of Kifil's home, Inna Allah qad ghafara lil Kifil. Verily Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven Kifil. It was purely, or merely his turning back to Allah for that night. He felt bad for what he was doing. He asked someone to make dua for him. He felt that he was a criminal. He identified himself as a criminal. He recognized that this is who he was. And he passed away that night. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala testified before everyone of the community that barely know that I have forgiven this individual. It comes in hadith. On the day of judgment, there will be a person that committed Volumes worth of sin. He spent his whole life sinning against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he'll come and Allah ta'ala will bring him close to him. So it'll be a public exposition, but it'll be a private conversation. So people will be there. And sin after sin will be brought forth before that man or woman. 
And Allah Ta'ala will ask that individual, did you commit this sin? That person will say, yes. And it will be displayed. In the Day of Judgment, everything will be displayed for us. Vivid, you know, high definition display of our lifetime worth of sin. Every single thing will begin to be played. And Allah Ta'ala will ask, did you do this sin? And that person will say, Ya Allah, yeah I did. Did you do this? Yes I did, Ya Allah. Did you do this? Yes I did, Ya Allah. And that person will begin to admit to every single sin that he had done. And it will be displayed and be watching and he'll be thinking, My goodness, how could I have lived that kind of a life? And he'll be thinking, I'm doomed. There's no way I'm going to survive this. There's no way I'm going to get past this. But he accepted every single mistake that he made on the Day of Judgment. He accepted every single sin that he had made on that day. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will then say, that I covered and I concealed your sins in that world. I didn't expose them to the world. And on this day, I'm covering them as well. And Allah ta'ala forgives that person of all their sins and that person's granted Jannah. This is our Lord. This is who we have the ability to worship. This is who we have been granted the tawfiq to interact with. This is whom we call upon in our, in our nights. This is whom we think about when we wake up first thing in the morning. This is our Rabb, this is our Lord, this is our Creator. There's nothing like Him. There's nothing that even compares to Him. It comes in another hadith on the Day of Judgment that there will be two people, again, two profound sinners that have spent their life transgressing against Allah, like myself. Spent their life disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it will be commanded for those two people that those two need to go to the fire of hell. So one person will hear that command and that person will begin to run toward the fire of hell. They'll run as fast as they can toward the fire of hell. And second person will hear that instruction that they need to go to the fire of hell and that person will begin to walk slowly, take a couple of steps and then look back. And then they'll take a couple more steps and then they'll look back. And they'll take a couple more steps and they'll look back toward Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And those people will be called back. The angels will say, come back, come back, come back, come back. And it'll be asked of those people, the first person, that why were you running to the fire of hell when you were instructed to go? Why would anyone run toward the fire of hell? What were you thinking? What's wrong with you? Why would you even think about running toward that place? So that person will say, that Ya Allah, in this life, I didn't follow a single command of yours. I thought that perhaps on this day, I would listen to at least one of your instructions. When you told me to go to the fire of hell, I ran as fast as I could. I ran as fast as I could. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives that person and enters that person into Jannah. It will be asked of the second person, what were you thinking? You were told to go to the fire of hell. You were inching your way there, taking one or two steps and then looking back, taking a couple of steps and then looking back, taking a couple more steps and looking back. What were you thinking? You were told to go, why didn't you go? And that person will say, Ya Allah, I started walking toward the fire of hell and then I turned back hoping that your mercy overcomes your wrath and thinking that perhaps perchance you'll look at me and call me back and say no, 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 I changed my mind. So then I looked back and I didn't see that I was being called back so then I took a couple more steps and then I was hopeful that your mercy will outdo your wrath. And he turned back and he looked back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then I continued to do that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive that person as well and grant that person Jannah. This is the mercy of Allah. This is the highlight of this month of Ramadan. This is the highlight of these last 10 nights of Ramadan. 
This is the highlight of why we are here, dedicating 10 days attached to this masjid. Begging and pleading from Allah Ta'ala that Allah Ta'ala finally make us His own. Finally make us from amongst His special servants. Finally make us from amongst those that truly love Him. I promise each and every one of you that there is no relationship you will ever have, that you could ever foster in your life that will be like a relationship with Allah. When a person becomes close to Allah and understands the mercy of Allah and understands or at least begins to understand the love that Allah has for that person, they will become bewildered. There's nothing, there's no relationship that you will ever be able to establish or foster in your life that will come anywhere near your relationship with Allah. And these 10 days, or these last 7 days, this is our chance to foster that relationship. Put the world aside for a few days. The world's gonna continue, everything's going to happen. Right? Things are still going to happen, games are still going to be played, wars are still going to be fought, everything, the world is gonna continue whether we're involved in it or not. Put these few days aside, think about your Lord, think about your relationship with your Lord, and think about the mercy of your Lord, and then just drown in the mercy of your Lord. Allah Ta'ala is desirous of our relationship with Him. He wants what's best for us. And SubhanAllah, He's granted us yet another Ramadan, yet another last 10 nights of Ramadan, yet another opportunity for this. May Allah Ta'ala grant us all, grant you and I, grant myself first and foremost the tawfiq, to benefit and maximize our benefit during these last few days of Ramadan. May Allah Ta'ala allow us to benefit from the company of one another, from the company and from the home of His. May Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala forgive all of us of our prior mistakes, rectify our hearts, and bring us close to Him once and for all. Wa akhla da'wana, alhamdulillah.